Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to the Independent Spouse Podcast. I'm Jess Sands, founder of the Independent Spouse and current military wife running my own business, Design Jessica, from our Marie Quarter. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring interviews that go behind the scenes of an amazing business, charity or project created by someone also living the military life. Today, I've been talking to the wonderful Pollyanna Charney from the Be Glad Movement. In the Be Glad Movement, Polly interviews inspiring people who have experienced terrible things, but have found a way to move forward. And she hopes that by sharing these stories of others, it can help those who might still be struggling. I first met Polly when I was invited to be interviewed as part of the Be Glad Movement project. We spoke about my mum's multiple sclerosis and my own military life and how it has affected me, but how it's ultimately pushed me forward to create the independent spouse. It was a very emotional interview and is still available to view along with over a hundred others on YouTube. Polly is genuinely a wonderful person who is always on the lookout for the best things in life. This episode is jam-packed full of her positive outlook and solution to life's more difficult moments. I really hope you enjoy the very last episode of Series 2. Hello Polly, thank you so much for talking to me today. So, we first met when you interviewed me a couple of months ago for your Be Glad movement. I found it really emotional interview actually, but it was a really good way for me to share my story properly, the podcast series and why I started it. But for anybody who hasn't come across the Be Glad movement, could you tell us a little bit about it? I certainly can. I just want to say first, thank you so much for inviting me onto your amazing podcast because I think what you're doing is fantastic and we needed this for a long time. I think um, military spouses definitely uh, don't get the credit they deserve. So I love, love, love what you're doing. And thank you so much for inviting me onto, um, onto your amazing show. So yeah, the Big Glad movement is basically, at the moment, it's a collection of stories of good coming out of bad and reasons to be glad. And the reason I started this project um, actually revolves around uh, my name. Um, that sounds very self-indulgent, but <laughs> hear me out. Basically, my mum named me Pollyanna after the book and film Pollyanna, in which the little girl plays the glad game. So this is a little orphan girl who gets sent off to live with her um, slightly mean auntie. Um, but her parents, who were missionaries, uh, her, her dad taught her to play this glad game. So basically, it's looking for positives in every negative situation. And my mum really loved this film, so she named me Pollyanna. And when I was growing up, if ever anything went wrong in my life or I had a, um, a setback, my mum would say to me, now, come on, Polly, play the glad game. And I would have to list off everything that I was grateful for or lucky to have in my life and it's a strategy that has actually served me really really well over the years um just flipping negatives on their head and looking for the lessons looking for the positives that I can draw out of them um and she did this not to belittle whatever it was that I was going through um I must stress it's really really important to allow yourself to move through your emotions you mustn't I I never think it's a good idea for anyone to pretend everything's okay and that's really not what it's about it you have to 
allow yourself to be angry or um, sad or frustrated because quite often out of those negative emotions positives can happen if you're angry about something then you're quite often uh, driven to then change that situation so it's important that you you harness that energy where you can so yeah basically that's that's sort of the long and short of it now I had this idea back in 2015 where I thought this is something that served me really well there's a lot of people suffering with their mental health and I truly believe that it is a, a strategy playing the glad game is a strategy that has helped me in so many areas of my life that I feel that it, it has stopped me from falling into uh, depression and I thought okay I need to bring this to a wider audience lots of people are familiar with the film but probably haven't necessarily really latched on to the glad game and so I wanted to bring that to a wider audience so I started collecting stories I didn't do it in a uh, well it was very haphazard to begin with and then I moved well first of all I married a military guy like you do like well, was just why I'm here um so I got married I got a dog I moved house um all these good things I had a baby and that sort of put the project on the back burner and then very, very tragically, at the end of 2017, I lost two friends uh, to cancer. They were about the same age as me. Um, Buffy had a little boy that um, she very sadly left behind, bless him. And it really got me thinking, you know, what if that was me? What if I'd only been given a few months to live? And what would I really, really regret not having done with my life? Which made me think, I really need to pick up the Be Glad movement. I need to move forward with this properly so I set myself some smart goals or maybe not so smart <laughs> uh, so I decided I was going to collect at least 100 stories within the year and I committed myself to that by basically telling everybody on the internet that was willing to listen yes I'm going to collect 100 stories in a year and also raise money for the Samaritans and Action for Happiness which are two UK-based charities and it's such a good idea to do a project that can help other people. So how did you go about picking those charities? Um, lots of people are probably familiar with the Samaritans. I am a listening volunteer for the Samaritans. And uh, they are, lots of people aren't aware that they are doing a lot of work with the military at the moment. They've produced a pocket hand guide for, um, for, for serving personnel to help them recognise potential um, indicators of when one of their mates might be considering suicide, which I think is a really valuable and handy tool. Um, they're also working on creating sort of a, an online portal, so it would be more of an instant messaging service, which we're hoping to recruit military veterans and spouses to help run this, to, to become volunteers. Um, and then there's other stuff going on, like training programmes. So I'm hoping that it's going to be a case of when uh you know when you when you first join up and you're taught how to iron and how to even wash yourself you you also get taught these mental health tips and tricks really and, and how to look out for each other uh, so there's a lot going on in the background um so that's all exciting and i, I post about that every now and again but then there's uh, the other charity action for happiness which is quite a different charity the samaritans is a contrary to popular belief it's not just for people uh, that are thinking of committing suicide it's for anyone who is having trouble to help them explore their feelings and get those emotions out and, and straighten their head um, so it's, it's non-christian it's uh, non-judgmental it won't show up on your phone bill when you ring them you can email them you can even write to them um, you can text message them 
a fantastic service, but it's very much about not giving advice, just exploring feelings. Um, and it, I just want to stress it is it is for people, anyone. You don't have to be on the edge. You can ring them before then. And then the other charity is Action for Happiness, which is quite different in so much as it does give advice, or at least it helps you explore different ways of making your own happiness higher, but also the community at large that surrounds you. Um, so it's a, a eight week course run by volunteers. So literally dress, you could, you could go onto their website and say that you wanted to run a course. Um, and then they would facilitate, they'd find someone for you to buddy up with if you hadn't already got someone to buddy up with. And then they would put up an advert on their website so that people in the community could join up. Um, and then you deliver an eight week course uh, where people go along and you discuss different topics around how to increase happiness and, and those kind of things. So I really love what they're doing. I think it's important to try and promote well-being and um, create more happiness in the world and look after each other. I think that's really where things start when we're kind to each other and we look after each other. We can really make a difference to everybody's lives on a on a mini basis, but it has that ripple effect, doesn't it? You know. <laughs> Um, so yes, that's the Be Guide movement. It, basically, it was a, a project that I started at the beginning of last year. Um, I started collecting these stories. And as you can imagine, being a military wife, um, a mum and an entrepreneur, I've collected stories which are from the military community. I've had the amazing Mark Ormrod on. And then there's been mumpreneur stories, ladies that have overcome adversity, some of them that have been in really destructive relationships and then gone on to set up their own businesses. Um, it's what I like to term the wounded healer, people that have been incredibly ill and then found a way of overcoming their illnesses and now they teach that themselves. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a really... I, I, the thing I'd like to say about it is it was a, an idea which seemed quite scary to begin with, which I wasn't really sure how it was going to get off the ground. But starting is the main thing. Once I put that intention out there, people, I think people at their core are very kind and want to see each other succeed. That's what I like to believe anyway. And once I put that intention out there, I started getting help. And it was sort of, I mean, it bumbled along for a little bit. And you definitely see your efforts uh, the more you put in the more you get out and the more I did the more people jumped on board to help me and spur me along and there's definitely an exponential sort of growth at the end I was desperate to to get hit the 100 target just before Christmas and um, it, it was just crazy I did like four interviews in one day the one day and then editing the videos getting them up on YouTube but I'm so glad that I did manage to get it all done in time and so now that you've hit your 100 stories, will you be doing some more? This year, because there were so many lovely, lovely, kind people that said that they wanted to contribute and could see the value in sharing their story of what they've been through to help other people. I have done a few interviews this year already, but I'm not doing it in such a crazy way. Um, and I'm loving that people can see the value and, and are enjoying the, um, the whole process. But I'm starting to think because of the contact that I've had from other people that are the observers rather than the contributors, I'm starting to think that maybe I need to put together some kind of um, training program or um, uh, fact sheets, advice sheets or something around. I, mean, I don't think I've mentioned already, but I am a, a life coach as well. 
I volunteer for the Prince's Trust as well um, as a business mentor for the um, the young startups, the um, young entrepreneurs. And uh, oh, the energy that comes out of, out of them is amazing. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a coach, put it that way. And I'm a bit of a personal development junkie. I love all of that kind of thing. I would be doing it even if I wasn't getting paid for it. So I want to... Um, I want to harness that and use it for good and help other people create more happiness in their own lives and um, feel like they are empowered. A big part of my life has been around gratitude, as I mentioned earlier. And sometimes within the personal development world, and certainly with people that are ambitious and want to, you know, um, create successful businesses, they can sometimes get jaded when they hear, oh, you know, start a gratitude journal. But actually, being grateful for what you've got isn't about, oh, I'm really grateful for what I've got and therefore I shouldn't want any more. It's about recognizing what you've got and using that as a firm bedrock to reach for more, you know. So once you can really tune into the abundance that you've already got in your life, it then helps you that when you do reach for something else and it doesn't necessarily work out straight away, you know that you've got this soft soft bedrock that doesn't sound right does it but you've got this cushioning um this blanket underneath you of things that are there that you if you appreciate them properly you don't get so disappointed about minor setbacks and then you're able to reach for the next thing and reach for the next thing and reach for the next thing and I, I know you're obviously an entrepreneur as well Jess and I'm sure you've probably come across the whole um Edison quote a number of times about how he um made sort of like over a hundred not hundreds, sorry, over a thousand different types of light bulb that didn't work before he came up with the correct design. And that's what it's all about. If you can work from a bedrock of, of gratitude, you feel like you're able to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying until you hit that sweet spot that's going to propel you forward. And what the real joy from listening and watching these stories is that even if you initially think they're not going to be relevant to your life, every single one has got a bit of inspiration or a different way of looking at life that really makes a difference to your own. And I love that about them. And I love the fact that I'm getting to know different people's stories from all different walks of life. Um, so when you interviewed me, I found it quite an emotional experience, strangely. I assumed that I was going to be talking about podcasting, um, but it sort of grew into this, it's, it's explaining my journey and how I got here. Um, and it was a really emotional thing. So do you find it an emotional process or are you getting things out of it every day? Is it inspiring you to do more things? I love, love, love the contributors like yourself. And I love that you get something out of it as well. And if I'm honest, Jess, as you know, I do most of the um, the interviews via Zoom. And so I'm sat at my computer, I can see you. And I, I just want to be able to like hug you. Uh, it's a really funny sort of feeling in my chest like my my this is gonna sound really sappy but it's like my heart sort of like bursting and I want to give you a big hug and and um let you get all of that out of your system because it is so many people have said that it's a cathartic process because I think what we do in our everyday lives is we never um we never allow ourselves to reflect and especially in such a fast-paced society as we're living in today it's always the next thing the next thing the next thing and we forget how far we've come and I totally agree with you every story even though it might it might be someone that's completely different to you who's had a completely different experience the way they put their own twist on it their own 
you know how that helped them what inspired them to move forward uh, it can really inspire you I really do believe that everybody has got a story within them um, that can help someone else even if you think that it's not but this is the other thing is we don't give ourselves credit for what we know because because we know it we think oh everybody knows it you know because we've lived it but actually the things that you know can be of real value to somebody else we're all at different levels on that ladder and we've all got the ability to help each other up the ladder as well I get inspired by every person that I speak to um, and the one thing I also want to stress is comparisonitis I don't think you should ever watch a video or um, or think that your story doesn't count because 100% your story does count. Like I said, we're all at different levels on that ladder. Um, but people, and you know, I found this on the forums that are for veterans and um, the military forums where certainly the ones where like uh, no man left behind and that kind of thing. There's guys that are struggling, guys and girls, sorry, that are struggling. Um, who feel like they don't deserve the help they need because maybe they never saw active combat or, um, you know, for some reason they just don't think that they deserve as much help as the next person because they're comparing their story to someone else. And my granny used to say, you know, everybody has their cross to bear. And I truly believe that. I think going back to kindness again, the kinder we can be to each other, the better, because you just do not know what someone's going through, you know. On the outside, certainly through social media, we project this together, look at me having fun here, look at me doing this important work there. But behind the scenes, we don't know if somebody's parents are poorly or if, you know, they've actually got, I don't know, a massive tax bill that they need to deal with or um, their cat just got run over. There's so many things that are one thing that might be important to you might not feel important to me so we shouldn't compare each other we shouldn't feel like we are any less or any more deserving of love and kindness um no it's true and on social media I know personally that I have a real problem with social media and um comparing myself to other people who look like they are what is it hashtag living the best life and it's a real problem that I think that we have never encountered before social media is becoming the only way that people see other people so for me I live in my my magnolia Mary quarter pretty much the middle of nowhere and I don't get out as much as I should do so my entire life is seen through the rose tinted glasses of social media and it is definitely having an effect on my mental health and I think that other people are having this problem especially when you run a business and you're constantly sort of on the social media and hustling and showing your your business and your background and trying to sell your wares it's a real it takes a real dent on people's mental health um but the fact that you're sharing these kind of open and realistic stories is really refreshing and i really like it um and you talk briefly about the fact that you have your own personal development company is that something that you were doing before you married your husband or is it something that started since you met him um, no, it started since I met him. So the last proper job that I had, uh, I was working for an international fabric wholesaler. And so my job was quite intense. I was the operations manager. So I kind of, my job entailed looking after the internal sales team directly, but also making sure each of the departments talked nicely to each other. Um, and then dealing with uh, complaints as well when, when certain fabrics weren't performing and that kind of thing. And so it's quite an intense job, but I really loved seeing, uh, was 
girls at the time, um, the girls within the uh, internal sales team progressed because they it, it was sort of our lowest paid job, I suppose. Um, we'd get local girls in who would apply and they wouldn't have the self-confidence and they'd also say things like oh well it's all right for you because you're you and I'd be like well you know I was you one day once upon a time as well and you know you can do these things you are talking to the customers every day you know their needs stand up to the other guys tell the boys in the warehouse that they need to get that out because x customer has got an important customer and, and that's their business that's their baby so look after them you know you believe in in the knowledge that you have i really loved bringing people on and and letting them see the, the power that they actually had because i think some people just sort of undervalue their skills a lot of the time or don't believe that they can be better or or um, improve their situation uh, so I, I did really really in, enjoy doing that and so yeah sorry back to your original question no I wasn't an actual um, coach before I met Dave but I was naturally coaching within um, within my job and uh, just to take you a little bit further back as well I, I briefly mentioned earlier that I'm mentor for the Prince's Trust when I was um, in my early 20s I had my own interior design practice and e-commerce site as they used to be called at the time and I was young overzealous um, and I set up this business the interior design side of it went very well but the the e-commerce site was an absolute disaster and I hit loads of roadblocks and I'm overspent on stock and it was just a disaster but in that time I signed up for a Prince's Trust loan not that I actually needed the loan I wanted the mentor that came with it so I took out the minimum loan I got this lovely guy um, who was my mentor but unfortunately he had daughters that were the same age as me so when I was running my business and but I was also working weekends in an art gallery and uh, washing up in a local pub he would come to see me and rather than giving me business advice he would sort of lament and say oh but when are you buying makeup when are you buying clothes when are you socializing with your friends and I'd be like no you know and I promised myself that as soon as I had any ounce of success I would give back and become a mentor as well and help other aspiring young entrepreneurs to build their businesses with helpful advice <laughs> so I when I was still working for Warwick I uh, for Warwick Fabrics sorry I applied to become a mentor and uh, I didn't hear anything for ages and ages and ages and then the Bristol branch got in touch and said we found all these applications in the back of a dusty filing cabinet because Gloucester branch is no more and uh, I got on some training and, and began that project so I knew that my calling was around helping people believe in themselves so I, when uh, we first moved up to RAF Leeming I knew that we were only going to be there for a very short time uh, but I applied to do an at-home study course in coaching um, which involved sort of lots of workbooks and videos and things to work your way through and then live event days as well so I did that and then literally well actually just before I finished it I fell pregnant with my son so obviously that is a massive shock to the system and anyone listening um, male and female knows that when a child comes into your life you think it's going to sort of carry on as normal they'll sleep and you'll do all the things you used to do and it, it doesn't happen like that it's a real shock to the system so I've been on a massive personal development learning curve my own um, and what I've already learned 
was so helpful to apply to my situations as I went along um, becoming a military wife you know arriving at this camp thinking that we weren't going to be there long and then we stayed there a bit longer thinking oh in, and this was the mistake I made when when I first moved up there although I went to the coffee mornings and I joined in with the social bits and pieces and I joined the choir I didn't necessarily invest any time in making a close friend because in the back of my mind I was thinking oh it's okay I'm, we're going to be moving soon but it is important to form these connections and uh, have someone that you feel that you can talk to that gets you and certainly the military wives community is um and i say that because i i must admit i'm not very familiar with what happens to the poor guys you know i don't know whether they've got a support network um but yeah i i feel like it is important to have friends that you can share your experiences with that understand what it's like when your husband gets deployed uh, that understands what it's like when you're a bazillion miles away from your friends and family and your traditional support network. It is important to get out there, meet people, make friends and form that bond of trust. But as, as you probably know, Jess, when, of course you know, um, when you're uh, in each place for just two years at a time, it's just when you're starting to feel like you can trust someone with your kids or whatever <laughs> you then have to move and that's quite hard uh, to get your head around a lot of the time to constantly be making friends and moving on but I still think it's worth it and with the powers of social media for all their all the things that we sort of discussed earlier about how it can be com comparisonitis and, and you can get yourself down thinking that everybody's living a much better life than you uh, it's also fantastic for keeping in touch with people and, um, and and maintaining those bonds moving forward. No, social media is brilliant. I have friends all over the country and all over the world, um, in the Falklands and in Germany and all over the place. And um, although I miss them terribly and I can't actually see them anymore, it is the best way to keep in contact in this crazy military world that I have found myself in. Um, and also running a business without the internet, I well, my business would not exist without the internet. Exactly. No, me neither. Exactly. It's so um, such a valuable tool being able to um, to talk to people online. Yeah. So valuable. Um, but you know, we touched on the sort of the, the mental health problems with social media, but there is the positives as well. So, do you think that actually, despite all of its kind of um, comparison problems with other people living their best life that actually social media can be a positive thing I do I really do I think it's a very positive thing if used correctly and I feel like to the point that actually it needs to almost be taught in schools you know how to uh, not get sucked into your phone because I think it certainly uh, I don't want to do Instagram down or, or Twitter or we're, we're being served bite-sized chunks of information and we scroll through scroll through scroll through and it's not doing our brains any good because we're then not able to apply ourselves for long periods of time on important work so yes I think the internet is uh, and I also think social media has got a, a very positive role to play if we can educate people to use it correctly if we can discipline ourselves to not just pick up our phones every five minutes, um, if we can apply, like either apply specific time for looking at the internet or apply specific time when we have a no phone zone kind of thing, um, whichever way works for you, I guess. My husband and I certainly put our phones on charge 
out in the hall so that we're not tempted to look at them in the night. And when our son comes home from nursery, we, we make a point of not looking at phones and computers and engaging with him you know if one of us has to do something but we're certainly not both sat there scrolling through our phone when he's trying to play with us so yeah it's, it's about education all the way isn't it you know uh, being self-aware I think taking the time to reflect on your day what you're spending your time doing where you could actually be more productive in it in a um, constructive way rather than just getting sucked down a rabbit hole of of because you know what it's like especially when you're on your laptop you open one thing and then someone mentions something else and then you open the next tab and the next tab and the next tab and before you know it you've got like a gazillion tabs open knowing that there's no way that you can know it all or read it all or do it all and allowing yourself being going back to kindness being kind to yourself is very very key and not beating yourself up on on not knowing it all and not beating yourself up when you get things wrong you know going back to the be glad movement and and positives coming out of negatives when you reflect and you look at okay well I didn't necessarily handle that very well rather than beating yourself up about it just think about the lesson that comes out of it okay well if that happens again how am I going to handle it you know how can I stop myself ending up in that situation again and take the lessons as opportunities that's probably the the best way of moving forward so being very self-aware uh, reflecting and learning and, and not getting yourself down on not knowing at all because we're all human. Yeah, and that's the best part that I find with your Be Glad movement stories is that they are sort of genuine and it's not of the shiny social media that you normally see. I um, was reading an article the other day and it says that if you see something on social media that makes you feel sad or upset or not good enough, then just unfollow them. And it doesn't matter if it's your friend or a celebrity or anybody like that. If it is making you feel bad, then just unfollow it or at least mute them. You can always go back if you need to, but just leave them to it because nothing should ever make you feel bad and you should always look at the positives, um, which is the strength of the Be Glad movement. You are in charge of you. You are in charge of your thoughts. And I love that piece of advice because... It is about curating your life, about saying, this is what's going well. This is what I want to keep in my life. This is what is making me feel bad or guilty or shameful or whatever. I want to take that out of my life. You're in charge of curating your life. You're in charge of where you spend your time and energy. So I I really love that. Uh, piece of advice yeah sorry Jess <laughs> no it's good it's it's literally changed my life um because I used to be one of the people that would wake up in the morning and even though I wasn't actually seeing anybody I would have a full face of makeup on to do an insta story um which is just silly because it's just portraying the life that isn't me and um it's not fair on my followers because you know I don't wear makeup every day and sometimes I'm still in my pajamas um not today I have got dressed today um so talking about the community and talking about military spouses in general, has there been anybody in particular who has inspired you or helped you along the way when you've been producing the Be Glad movement? Um, well, my best friend, Alicia, is a massive force for good in my life. She has been so instrumental in drumming up support, shouting about what I've been up to. And yeah, so Alicia is sort of the biggest person that I would say um, not that she's big. I don't mean she's a big person. I mean that she's been a big help. Um, 
yeah, so Alicia has, has really, really, really helped me. And then a special mention uh, to Sean as well, Sean Woodland. She's been very helpful as well, bless her. And, uh, you know, Josh, the community's just been amazing. Um, you know, people tend to, to do their interview and then they're like, oh, maybe you should talk to this person, maybe you should talk to that person, which is so helpful. And, and just sort of the shares and the likes and the uh, allowing me to share within various groups and that kind of thing. I just think the, the military community is a, a phenomenal force for good. Yes, no, Alicia is fab. I have spoken to her already and she is fantastic on Twitter and she is always there and she's always got your back. And she's just generally a fab person. So sadly, we are reaching the end of the interview, but I always take my guests through the quick fire questions. Um, sometimes they're not particularly quick, but they are very informative. So are you ready for the quick fire questions? Oh, I think so. <laughs> so apart from Alicia, who I've already interviewed, who would you most like to hear from on the Independent Spouse podcast series? Oh, can I have two? I'd really love you to interview Sean because she um, she very, very tragically lost her fiancé in an accident, a training accident. Um, and she went on to, with, with the help of other people, and she's very clear that it's not just been her, she's so sweet, set up a facility for veterans called Woody's Lodge. Um, I think there's actually a couple of them now. I'd love you to interview her. And she's got her own business as well. And then the other person who I find really inspiring is Nadia from Be Accountancy. Uh, she's not only set up her accountancy business, which has become um, very, very successful, she's gone on to set up a, a, a company, well, I'm not sure if it's a company, it, uh, yeah, it is a company um, called Foundress. At the moment, it's sort of a, a Facebook community for female entrepreneurs. So it ties in nicely with with what you're doing really from the independent spouse point of view uh, so yeah Sean and Nadia would be great people to uh, to interview they will definitely be getting in touch with the both of them um the next one is what's the most courageous thing that you have done since starting the Be Glad movement crikey the most courageous thing it's it's an interesting question actually I think it takes courage to take baby steps sometimes sometimes you think that you need to be big and bold but actually there are days when just managing to do small things in a small way can propel you forward and allowing yourself to do things in a small way can be courageous in itself. And if I'm not making sense, what I mean is that I think society and the social media and media in general puts this idea out there that we all need to be superstars, that we all need to be, I don't know, pop stars, footballers, um, uber successful, especially for, for women, you know, you've got to have a business, you've got to be the ideal homemaker. Um, but actually allowing yourself to do things at your own pace. And I don't want to say stay small, but but grow in a small way with baby steps is a good thing. You know, not being influenced by other people is a good thing. Knowing yourself and allowing yourself. And, and this is totally aspirational because I don't, I don't always do this. I am swayed and influenced. So don't think that I've got myself totally uh, doing this because I haven't. It's a daily practice, but it, you know, allowing yourself to to move forward in a way that suits you and doing things on your terms is courageous in itself. Yeah, and so very important. I was, um, I think I was listening to another podcast series or it was an article um, and it said that when you are swimming and you're in a swimming race, you have to focus on what you are doing 
because as soon as you turn your head to look at everybody else, you lose your stroke. And it's like that in business and probably in life is that as soon as you start comparing yourself to other people and seeing what they're doing and trying to take the leaps too quickly, you sort of go off kilter and you lose your route. And actually, it's really important to just stick with what you're doing and know yourself, focus on what you're doing. So thinking of that, the very last one is, if you could give one piece of advice to an aspiring um, military spouse that's starting their own projects or starting their own business, what would it be? I would say just start. You learn on the job. You you gain clarity by doing don't get bogged down in trying to create the perfect logo the perfect website or any of those things before you get started just start start talking to your potential customers get your product or idea out there um i, I definitely think you, you gain clarity by doing you don't really i mean obviously you have to have a plan an idea but get started because going back to the big lab movement and, and having that exponential growth at the end i know i had to start putting myself out there and the more you put yourself out there the more feedback you get which you can then build on and grow from um so yeah don't get paralyzed by thinking everything has to be perfect before you get started start and then hone it and tweak it as you go along because you'll learn so much more that way yeah because everybody's winging it despite appearances we're all just (laughs) stumbling through life and stumbling through business just sort of um trial and error so yeah just get something started just one little step in the right direction is great um Polly, it's been so lovely talking to you. So if I want to watch your interviews, where can I find you? Okay, well, everything. Because it's not just, um, if anyone's sort of put off by the idea of sharing because of the video interviews, it doesn't have to be a video interview. It can be written word as well. So you can look at beglad.co.uk. Literally everything is on there. If you're into YouTube, um, I'd love you to subscribe. And it's literally youtube.com forward slash be glad uh, all the interviews are on there and like I say there's such a vast variety from um, veterans to military spouses to mumpreneurs wounded healers all sorts of walks of life uh, you can find them on there um, and then of course we're on Instagram and, and Twitter if you search at be glad movement you should be able to find us and with the Instagram and, and Twitter I um, I share mini clips from the main interviews so you get sort of the essence of the goodness uh, on there as well and they are brilliant and I would definitely recommend them um, just to have a little look into somebody else's life and to realize the effect that it could make on your life Polly I have loved talking to you you are so positive and so brilliant um, and it's been a really informative interview so thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me I have really really enjoyed it I feel like I waffled on a bit but hopefully um, hopefully there'll be something in there that just sort of helps someone think about something differently and, and uh, inspires them to um, to stay positive that's what it's all about isn't it staying positive being kind to each other and trying to be happy so yeah <laughs> thanks Jess I've loved talking to you Thank you so much for listening along. I'm really sad to say that that is the end of series two. It's been the most wonderful series and I must thank a few people. Firstly, to my amazing guests in this series, thank you so much for trusting me with your stories. To Aviva's Community Fund for helping with the cost of keeping the podcast series free. And of course, a massive thank you to my wonderful little sister for all of her help with the audio and a big thank you to my very talented husband for being pretty ace on a guitar.
and of course you lovely lot for listening along. The series has now had over 2,000 downloads, which is just completely brilliant. But don't worry, I will be back for Series 3 at the end of the year. We are posted yet again this summer, but that is not going to hold me back. I'll be recording in between packing all of those boxes. In the meantime, you can keep up with The Independent Spouse by watching the behind the scenes of my Magnolia Wall Life vlogs on YouTube. Or you can read the blog posts all about business and make use of the free business and deployment workbooks that are now on the Independent Spouse website. So that is the end of series two. I really hope you have been inspired. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Independent Spouse podcast. See you then.